0: i actually got a different Bible with me today, I um, misplaced, so if you found, find my preaching Bible, um, this happens fairly often, uh, so it'd be great if you could, um, to, could hand that back. Um, but I've got this Bible that I found on Lost Property and it's quite a nice one. Um, so, if, if you recognise this one, um far it might become my new preaching Bible? No. Uh, the passage that we're actually doing today is highlighted for me already, so... Um, so, that's great, it's got little tabs on it. Um, so, if you recognise it, come see me after and I'll, I'll give it back to you. Well, uh, if you've got your Bibles with you um, or your, your phones, I know many people uh, are using your phones as your Bibles, please uh, open up to Colossians because we're going to be in Colossians chapter 2 and we want to dig into this passage a little bit to see what um, God might have for us today. Uh, and what I'm also wanting to do at the very end is, is just think back to the message that we heard from Pastor Roy last week as well and just tie some, some links there as well. So, we're looking at Colossians chapter 2 and we're going to be looking from uh, verse 6 through to about verse 15 and we're going to move through some parts fairly quickly and then we're going to um, take a little bit more time in some other parts this morning. But if you remember the, the book of Colossians, it was written by Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, it was a letter to this church and he actually have, has never been there at this stage. He, he'd heard about what's happening there but he hadn't started this church himself. And uh, what, what he's really, um, first of all, we find in the very beginning, he's, he's giving thanks to God, for the way that they've received um, Christ and His message, the message of the gospel, so so well, and is following Him faithfully, but He's also concerned by some of the things that are getting in their way of their walk with Jesus as well. And uh, one of, one of the interesting things is that it's it's actually hard at times to tell what these problems were. A lot of these. A lot of these letters that we have, he's actually addressing problems in the early church, in that particular place at that time and um, it's just kind of scattered through there, so we've got to try and work out what, what the actual problems were. But one of the really interesting things is that although he's addressing problems, what he tends to spend most of his time on is, is actually uh, lifting Christ up. And, and lifting the, the, the way of following Christ up, that, that seems to be the, the real focus and what's kind of in his periphery is these problems but his focus is on God and on Jesus and, and the effect that He has on our lives. I just think that's a, it's a wonderful principle uh, for life, that, that as problems and as issues and as things that distract us um, come up in life, that that if we can keep our focus on Jesus, um, we would do well. I was thinking about this and I was down at the park with the kids the other day and we we're playing a game where I would kick the soccer ball up um, really, really high, uh, like right to the top of the, the gum trees and it would come down and uh, basically I told them if they can catch the ball, they can have a pack of lollies. Um, and, and they, they they've really struggled to catch this ball, I'll say, keep your eye on the ball uh, because we know, in, in sports, when you keep your eye on the ball, you've got a better chance of kicking it or catching it. It's, um, it, it's actually, it's something that, that is known really well, but it's, it's the exact opposite when you're on a motorbike. Um, so, when you're on a motorbike and you see something that you don't want to hit, you don't want to focus on that thing. Uh, policemen know that very well because they're kind of when we see them on the road, uh, we, we tend to look at them, and what happens is because we look at them, they actually have people driving into them. Um, so, so what you have to do is when you when you're on a motorbike, actually, I was I'll tell you a story. I was I was I was on my way back. I may have told this one. You're gonna to have to forgive me because I'm gonna start doing this. Um, on my way back, on a dirt road, probably about an hour and a half into the trip home, um, half an hour left, and I was, was going fairly fast along a dirt road, and I, you, you're kind of hyper alert um, when, when you're on a bike often, especially on a dirt road. And there was this cow up ahead, and uh, normally cows don't, don't cause much problems, but this cow was, was just off the side of the road, but there was a huge big divot um, before you got to the road. I thought, well, we're fine. And I started going, and then as I got closer, I kind of noticed that this cow was getting a little bit jittery. And uh, that's, a, that's a little bit of a problem. And as I got right up on it, it actually jumps right over this, this um, big drain and jumps right in front of me on the road. And you know how things just, just really slow down? Um, when there's something happening, when you start to fall or when, when an emergency comes, something happens in your brain. It's, it's quite remarkable and, and um, it, it feels like the frame rates kind of slow down and everything goes in slow motion. And I remembered um, straight away, look to where you want to go. Um, and and I, I was looking to where I want, was wanting to go and I, was, I remember saying in my mind, I'm going to miss this cow, I'm going to miss it, I'm going to miss it, because I really thought I was going to miss it and I saw its head, and it had these big horns coming out of it, and my focus kind of went on this head. I'm going to miss this cow, I'm going to miss this cow, and then, bang, straight in the side of the cow, um, straight over, landed it on my back, um, bike was a bit of a mess, look back, the cow uh, keeps running away. But that's a, that's a clear example of, uh, in life, if you, whatever you focus on, that's actually where you will move towards. And right through this book of Colossians and, and through through many of Paul's letters, what he's always doing is he's going, he keeps these problems, he keeps the issues in his periphery. They're kind of in the periphery of these letters, but he keeps where he wants them to go, right in focus. And, and, and I've got a little, little yeah, look where, you, look where you go, go where you look, this is... Um, someone who was teaching us how to write, he always says that, uh, look where you go and then you will go where you look. So, it's a, it's a wonderful principle for us to, we want to look where we want to go and that's focusing on Jesus. So, let's read this passage um, this morning. Father, just as we come before your Word as your people, we want to we say thank you Thank you for these, the way that you have recorded for us, the way that you have worked throughout history. Lord, we thank you that this Word is living because you take it and you breathe upon it and you apply it to our lives in, in right here and the right now. Lord, we think of those many times in which you have, have changed and renewed us and refreshed us and encouraged us and convicted us. We thank you for the power of coming before you humbly, before what you have said to us. So, Lord, would you speak to us this morning through your Word, We pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Paul says to this church, so then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of the world rather, rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of de- deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. In Him you were circumcised in the putting off the, of the sinful nature, not with the circumcision done by hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ, having been buried with Him in baptism and raised with Him through faith in the power of God, who raised Him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. I love that one, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the written code with his regulations, that was against us and stood stood in opposed to us. He took them away, nailing them to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authority, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Okay. Well, that's heavy. Um, there's a lot in that. And uh, uh, at times we kind of go, um, we, we can kind of kind of keep up with a bit of it and then our brains kind of go, well, that's a bit hard and, uh, and then we kind of tune back in again at different times where we start to um, get a, get an idea of, of the flow. But I want to, to work through this this morning and see what God um, might have to say to us as His people. So, this first verse here, it says, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord continue to live in Him. Now, some of you might have uh, a different version. Uh, this is from the New American Standard. Uh, it says, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in Him. Uh, so, that's a, that's a more of a, a literal type translation. Um, the NIV, which I've, I've read from, is, a, is more of the, the concept or the idea but I like this idea of, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in Him. That little word there, the walk. Um, it's a, it's a the NIV takes it and 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 says live. Um, I, I like the word when you when you combine kind of that walk and live. You see, in in life, every decision that we make, every um, every everything that we do every every new thing that we learn we're actually moving in a direction it's um it 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 it's a different direction um that that we're moving in but we're we're always moving in life we're always becoming someone we're always um, going somewhere There's, there is always movement we are always walking somewhere and and in our life journey as in walking uh, Paul reminds us that there was, a, there was a time when we gave our lives to Jesus and that, that means that we, we may have been walking in this way and we heard the call of Jesus and, and his call is, in a sense, come walk with me. Uh, it's, it's a sense that we're, we're walking in this way and he says, come to me. Come, come repent, turn, turn from the way you're walking and come and walk with me. And, and we start walking with him. At the time where we say yes to Jesus, we say, yes, I want to walk with you. But what, what Paul is saying is, he's saying, what you did then, when you humbled yourself and said, not my way, your way, Jesus, when you, when you said, uh, I, I want to I follow you and walk with you, he says, I want you to do that for the, for the rest of your life. The, the rest of your life, just, just as you came to Jesus and humbled yourself and, and came beside Him and aligned yourself with Him, that's how you're to, to live the rest of your life. We, we've, got to, we've got to continue to correct course uh, because, because right through life, we're, we're always walking, we're, we're being discipled by many different things and uh, some of those things aren't Jesus and there comes a time where we go, ooh, okay, um, Jesus, I, I seem to have strayed away from where Jesus is. And Paul is saying, "This is a this is a continual thing. It's not just a, a once-off thing. Continually through life, Jesus is calling us. I'm over here. Come over to me." And uh, one of the lovely things about that is, as we hear him calling us, as we turn to him and start walking towards him, he starts walking towards us. So it's a it's a continual thing. We continue to. Uh, to walk, to live with Him, just as as we did that through faith, first of all. What does this look like? He says, "Rooted and built up in Him." Here he gives um, two kind of metaphors or uh, ways of understanding what's going on here. That one's a um, agricultural type of term. It's talking about a plant and the roots. Uh, what roots do is is they get they get pushed into the ground they grow into the ground and it helps us uh, move through the struggles of life as they come it helps us to stand firm and there's, there's many things they, those roots in our life it's experiences with God it's things that we know about him and and they go deep into the soil it helps us to 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 move through life then he uses this kind of building idea, built up, two things that people are really aware of, um, both plants and, and buildings, and wants us to be built up. Uh, that can give the idea of, of capacity, um, capacity to be able to serve him. Uh, different, different experiences and, and uh, the, our experience walking with him means that we're, we're built up in our capacity to be able to trust him and serve him um, in faith. So, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. I love how that, that concept of, of thankfulness and um, the concept of gratitude, it, it kind of finds its way into Paul's letters so often and Paul, Paul recognises something that uh, we've only just started to, to realise uh, there's, I've talked about this before, but there's some really interesting studies on gratitude and the effect that it has on us. Uh, I've, I've talked about before about this um, experiment that they did with uh, groups of people and, and it, they gave them all journals. One group, they gave them a journal and they said, write down, um, take, take a few minutes each day to write down things that you're grateful for. Gave them some help there, they said, people, places and things. Write down those things. Another group, they said, um, write down things that really annoy you. Um, So, they wrote down things that really annoyed them. Then the other group, it was, write down whatever you would like to write down. And that group that wrote down things that they were grateful for, uh, their, their overall well-being... Uh, they, they exercised more, there was, across the board, they saw significant improvements in, uh, in, in health and, and general well-being. And it's, um, they actually saw that it made more difference than, than actual medication uh, at time as well. It's a, it's a different discipline, it's a practice in the, in, um, in the church to be grateful and uh, to turn to God and say, thank you. Um, we see that in, in the way we pray as well. God instructs us to, to give thanks to Him. And it, it's not just for His sake, it's actually for our sake. It actually, it does something in us, um, physiologically and, and intellectually, when we, when we give praise and say thank you to Him. Paul reminds this church, and he reminds us, be um, overflowing... With thankfulness for the things that he has done. He then, uh, again, this is, this is kind of the periphery stuff, he's, he's starting to get into some of the stuff that's, that um, the Colossians are dealing with themselves and he says, see that nobody takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. So, he has in mind some very specific things, and, and I'm sure that they know exactly what um, Paul is talking about there, there's some false teachers uh, that are trying to distract them and persuade them. It was probably actually more than that, that no one takes you captive. Um, that word there, its it actually, uh, another translation of that would be kidnap, that no one kidnaps you. This this is in... in intentionality in, in trying to turn them away from the Gospel, turn them away from Christ. And I was just thinking about that and uh, there is uh, a degree of intentionality as well um, in the world in which we live that is trying to turn us away from our trust, our focus on Christ, um, both, in, both in the physical but also in the spiritual as well. And he's encouraging them, keep looking to where you want to go, um, and that's the way you will go. This next part here, for in Christ all the fullness of, of, the, of deity lives in bodily form. If we want to know lo, what, what God is like, we look to Jesus. Um, clearest, ex, clearest expression to us of what, what God is like. And you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority, in Him you were also circumcised in the putting off on your, of your sinful nature. Not with the circumcision done by hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ, having been um, buried with Him in baptism and raised with Him through your faith in the power of God who raised Him from the dead. Whoa. That's uh, that's a heavy part. And uh, on Wednesday uh, Wednesday afternoon, I was sitting on the back deck... And it's actually a back veranda thing that we've got, and sitting there with Julia, and we're having we're actually having olives and tea, and I was talking to Julia about what I was what I was preparing for, and I said, "There's this bit in the middle, and it's all about circumcision, and uh, I've got no idea what to do with it," uh, and and Julia's option uh, kind of just suggested just skip it, um, and that that's probably a good idea. Um, I went to, I, I actually talked to Matt on Thursday and he was asking me, and he was like, just skip it. Um, but I'm not going to skip it. Um, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Like, um, couldn't God have given, like, a tattoo? That would have been a lot, a lot better. Tattoo or maybe a lop a bit of the ear off. Um, it's, it's just a little bit strange but as I, as I started to look into it, um, it, it's, it occurs over a hundred times, that word. Uh, This is, is, you can't miss it, Uh, it's it's all through the Old Testament, Paul picks it up again in Romans, he picks it up here, Uh, it's it's picked up because there's a real significance here. And I I started diving into this a bit, I listened to a a guy called Michael Heisler, um, somewhat of an expert in this, and uh, came out a little bit confused, Um, two and a half hours of lectures from Fuller university and uh, what I was really honing in on is, is, what can we take away from this? When, when we see circumcision, um, and, and Paul, he, he, he saw this significance of, of what took place in the Old, um, Old Testament, what's happening now, um, what, what do we take away from that, when we see that word? Circumcision was something that was practised uh, by, by many different cultures. Uh, it's, it's actually not something that started with Abraham and the covenant there. Uh, it, it was right throughout the Middle East, um, down into Africa, uh, even some parts of South America. Uh, so, this was, this was not something that was, was unique as such. There's um, diagrams in the, um, those big triangle things, um, pyramids, that's it. Um, <laughs> I can't, even, um, I can't even blame French for that, because I don't actually know what the word is in French, but um, those big pyramid things, there's, there's, there's drawings of, of the practice there, going back two and a half thousand years before Christ. So, what happens is... is God does this quite often, He takes something that's happening in the existing culture, um, sometimes He modifies it just a little bit and, and there's some evidence to suggest that He did do that and then He gives it a new and specific meaning. Um, so, with, with Abraham, He tells Abraham to be circumcised and then his family as well and this is something that carries on through the Jewish people and it's, it's, it's to remind them, of the covenant that God made to Abraham, that He would He would He would um, give them a, a, a bless Him, and uh, that He would be a blessing to the nations, that He would multiply His people. So it's interesting that it's actually on a on a reproductive organ as well. Still, still a little bit strange, but every single time, as 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 it goes through the history of God's people, there's this there's this reminder. That we exist because of the mercy of God. The only reason that we exist as a people is because God did something. God, God intervened in, in, in His mercy and grace and we exist as a, a, a people who are blessed to be a blessing. Now, I think about, um, think about that in, in, even in the Old Testament, there was this physical sign but he's, he's always pointing, um, the, the Old Testament is even always pointing to this spiritual reality. It's saying, the Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and, your heart, uh, uh, and the hearts of your descendants so that they may love Him with all their heart and with all their soul and live. So, it's even pointing towards this, this spiritual reality. Um, this spiritual mark that we are His people. I think of some of those spiritual marks that we have. Um, I think of when, we, when we're baptised as, as believers. It's a reminder that, that it is only by God's grace that we live, that, that we live because of Him. Nothing we've done but, but, but God's grace upon us as a people. Reminds us of that when we take communion together. It's God's grace that we live. We have life because of what God has done for us. Also think of the, um, the indwelling presence of God in our lives, in, in, the, in, in the Holy Spirit. There's, there's something that happens there as, as we're with a group of people and, and we sense that God is saying yes to something. We, we, we see that pop up in the, in the New Testament quite often, it seemed good to us in the Holy Spirit some, those things remind us that, uh, that there's something that don't, doesn't just connect us but, but we are marked as people who have, have the living God indwelling within us. We saw something uh, uh, like that just the, the other day. Um, last Sunday, I, I don't know if you recognise but after that first song, um, there was actually a spontaneous applause, uh, not to the team up here but it was to God a spontaneous applause I just came across uh, and, and I, I listened back over that tape and and there wasn't someone that initiated that it, it was spontaneous across and that's that's a testimony of the Holy Spirit working amongst god's people these things that remind us that we are that there's a new covenant between us and God that, that he that He loves us, that He saved us, that He says that that we are now alive and we're reminded of there's things that God has put into our lives as Christians to remind us of that again and again. 10.01. I will... um, Okay. Then we have this last part here. And it's, um, many have taken this because it's a it's a wonderful kind of summary of the Gospel message. Uh, the Gospel can, can continually be, be, um, be honed and, and be, be searched out and, and looked for its application across all of life, but this is a, a nice little summary. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. God made us alive... We're alive with Christ. We're, 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 we're alive with Christ right now. He forgave us of all our sins, having cancelled the written code with, with its regulations. That was against us and stood opposed to us. He took away and nailed it to the cross. Every time we fail, every time we do what is not pleasing to God, He took that and He nailed it to the cross. And having disarmed all the powers and authorities, He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them on the cross. God made us alive with Christ. It's um, it's an extraordinary message. uh, In another letter it says that the Gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And it's, it's 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 this message that that we heard and we received, and through the work of the Holy Spirit, we're made alive. It's the um, it's the it's the greatest message that that humanity can really know. And something that I've been pondering recently, as I as I listened especially to Pastor P- uh, Roy last week, is this this is so true that the gospel is the power of God under salvation and, and it has so transformed us and it continues to transform us, even the Gospel continues to, it is what continues to transform us as we continue to, to plumb its depths um, in, in, our, in our everyday life as well. And yet, it can have such little impact as well. It's just a reality, if, if I take this and I put it in everybody's letterbox, most people are going to grab it and go, okay, there's, there's a reality there. It's a reality that um, some of the things that, that used, to, used to work so well, I think of, um, just was talking to someone yesterday, someone here that came to Christ through the Billy Graham crusades, and I, I'm so thankful what happened um, back in, was that the 60s? 59, there we go. It's it's marked us. Um, So grateful, Our, our country is different because of what happened, because of what God did in that time. And yet, those same things that had such an impact back then, just don't have the same impact now. Something's changed. Um, well, I think of, of, of different things that, that God has br- raised up in the church that, that worked so well at one stage that just don't have the same impact anymore. And we left, we're left left kind of wondering about this. Martin Lloyd-Jones, he was a, um, a preacher in London and he was a medical doctor but uh, also he, he used to preach at um, both morning and night, and his night sermons were more um, apologetic, or that they were more um, more directed towards those who don't know Christ, and, and really interacting with the culture. And Martin Lloyd Jones, he, he wrote a series on um, revival, and he actually talked about the um, the verse in Mark, and it's it's Mark. is it there? Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, 28. 28 to 29. So, Jesus, He's he's on the Mount of Transfiguration, Um, uh, some of His disciples see Him in all His glory and He comes down And some of His disciples, they've come across a boy with an evil spirit and they try to get rid of it and they can't and they say, Jesus, what's going on? And Jesus um, commands this spirit out of the boy and it leaves and then they ask Him, what's going on? Yeah, after Jesus had gone indoors, His disciples asked Him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. Martin Lloyd-Jones took that story and he applied it to to his day Um, but I I just thought this this just speaks so well into into our present time as well. He kind of used it as, as a bit of an allegory and he says, here, in this boy, I see the modern world and the disciples, I can see the Church of God. I see a very great difference between today and a hundred years ago. The difference in an earlier time was that men and women were in a state of apathy. They were were more or less asleep. There was no general denial of the Christian truth. It was just that people um, did not trouble to practice it. He goes on to talk about something's changed. Um, something's changed in our society and, and I, I wonder if you've, you've noticed that. Uh, what, what we had is we kind of had this, we had first of all this, this pre-Christian uh, reality where people knew nothing, kind of the, the kind of environments where missionaries go to and there's a, there's a first receiving of Jesus and the Gospel. Then we have this period which Martin lawn was talking about where everyone kind of is just permeated, they, they, they hear the stories, they know things but they're kind of asleep and it's kind of a, a need to, to wake them up. Then there's a period over here where um, it's, it's kind of like people have been inoculated by the Christian message, it's kind of like, heard that, um, done that and it's, uh, it, it didn't work out too well. And, and there's a sense in which Martin Lord Joseph is saying, we're, we're in that period, um, and, and just like the disciples, they're saying, Jesus, we, we did everything, and, and yet it's not working. Before God steps in, often in revivals, the church gets to a point where, where it just goes, it's not working. Jesus, it's, it's not working. We've, we've got this precious gem of a message, and yet it doesn't seem to be working. And it, and it, it calls... God's people back to say, Jesus, what do we do? And Jesus said to these disciples, He says, this cone can only come out by prayer. Just just think about what Pastor Roy was saying to us the other day, that um, this passion for prayer. And I wonder whether that's a message for um, our church and the Australian church as well. To come to Jesus and say, "What do we do?" Jesus says, "I need I need you to pray." You know, when we when we look at, at revival, um, some people have asked me after that message, uh, "Like, what what is revival?" Um, we hear about American churches talking about revival, having revival meetings, and um, there, there seems to be some um, misunderstanding. And what what does the Bible actually say about the revival? Um, when we look at at the Bible, the word isn't actually used very much, uh, ever really. Um, it, the concept is referred to in in some sense, but what we see throughout history is we see that God is 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 often doing things, and um, often often he's doing he's he's making people alive, and, and we get to see that some people were made alive just um that that are here with us today only just last week and it 's a privilege to see that but when when revival comes you see a lot more of that god God revives his church and it it revives um people people start coming alive and it actually has an impact on the whole uh area and and city and nation and there's a sense that that we really need that and uh and we we We're sensing, sensing, as Martin Lloyd-Jones says, that the demon is too deep for our ordinary ways of doing ministry. Um, I'm going to finish finish here. Um, I I want us to remember what Paul is, the way that he's encouraging the Church, he said, keep looking keep keep focusing on jesus keep keep the things that are distracting us in our, in our periphery but keep focusing on jesus um what is it go look where you go and go where you look and then as we as we look at our, our current day and we say god it's not working like it do, like it did before um, he calls us he calls us to pray he calls us to say, God, would you, would you come and would you show us um, how, it, how it's done? Would you come and would, would you move? We're going to uh, be inviting uh, Roy and the team back in uh, September, October and they're going to, to walk with us as a church as we pray that, uh, that God would, would start moving. Um, and He is... We we continue to see those those little waves come through, and it's a, it's a real blessing. But but I long for that wave that you kind of just get on, and uh, it takes takes no effort, and you just have to hang on. Um, th- those are those are fun waves for the church to be um, a part of, and and I, I I pray that that we'll see that in our lifetime as well. So let's let's pray, Heavenly Father, we. Lord, we are so thankful that you have made us alive as a people. And Lord, it's, it's, it's hard for us to hold this precious gem that is, has has made such a transformative difference in our lives and to see people just walk past it, be blinded and, and not be able to see the the power and the richness of that. Jesus, to, to have you walking amongst Amongst our culture and just be ignored. Lord, we ask that you would come and that you would revive this land. Lord, we want to be a people that stayed fixed on you, that you, you, you are always front and center here. Lord, as we, as, we, as we see the difficulties and as they come up in our lives, may we keep them in our periphery and may, may we keep you front and center. Father, I I pray for us as a church that we would be a place where people would would come and meet You. Lord, I pray that as we go about in our everyday life that people would, would meet You. Lord, I thank You for the privilege of being made alive in You, being able to call You our Father. So, Lord, we sing And we stand as those who have been made alive. Would you stand, church?